You're listening to the news and why it matters on demand. Hey, I'm Sarah Gonzalez. Welcome to the news and why it matters. Uh, the top story today, we have all agreed, is not uh, Andrew Heaton's dating life. No. Mm. But, Glenn, what was the top story for you instead? Uh, I wa- I'm, I'm torn again today. I, I, I think the recount to some degree, but I actually think this thing with Melania Trump is interesting, yes. really fascinating. Yeah, yeah, the breaking news, that, what she said, still. That's a very bizarre story. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, I would go with the government is here to protect our children, and finally they're stepping up and doing their job. Oh, Good. thank goodness. <laughs> finally. Finally. Because <laughs> that's what we need from them. Yes, Andrew. France. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Let's talk about France. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Rain Man. I appreciate this. Yes. <laughs> I love you, Andrew. I think you're hysterical. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm you the have one. the one. This is a really yeah. nice way to begin the program. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is nice. All right, Glenn. Okay, so uh, we don't know an awful lot yet, except that for the first time in history, oh, well, probably since, I don't know, Martha Washington, or there had to be one of them back then before television, where they're like, you get that tramp out of here. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, Melania Trump has said, what is the, who is it, the, the title? John Bolton's number two, right? Yeah. 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 So said, this person should not have the honor of working at the White House anymore. I want them out. The first a, a lady. public statement from her office. Right. That's like, I, I don't I mean, know was, what you have to do. John Bolton's undersecretary yes. or something? Yeah. Okay. It's like deputy. Yeah. And right. she was escorted out of the building. Was she? Oh, I didn't read oh, yeah. that. That's the, that's the, that's the so last like, thing. What? What? I mean, let's pretend we're CNN. <laughs> <laughs> let's speculate on the worst things that could have happened. How, and find a way to blame Don for it. How much the first lady's yeah. office interact with the, the, the Department of no. National Defense this Advisor or whatever no, John I mean, Bolton is? Yeah. Now, the context here is kind of important today in that there was a big story that came out that the first lady's office was um, going and uh, having all sorts of problems with John Kelly. Uh, and I, I don't know, there's some shakeup going on there with the First Lady and that they, she was upset that her, some of her aides that she wanted to come on certain trips were not being allowed to and then they, they wouldn't plan the travel appropriately. Like, they'd show up in cities and wouldn't have hotel rooms booked. And, Can you imagine that? I mean, That's something that, if I'm the, if I'm the first dad... <laughs> you mean the president? I, I, okay, okay, sure. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> you know, I would walk in to my chief of staff and say two things. One... What the hell is wrong with you? Yep. She's the first lady. She's traveling with me, and she's got her people. Yeah. Book them a freaking hotel room. <laughs> a, how dare you do that to the first lady? B, I don't need to hear this from my wife when I get home. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> happy wife, happy life. Learn that. I will say uh, B was the one that was reported in the story. <laughs> that, that Donald Trump actually said that. Yeah, I was like, look, you don't. I mean, I don't, you know, I've got enough to worry about on the president of the United States. Maybe don't have me, you know, give me these hassles about what my wife is saying uh, about booking travel for her, you know, co-workers. It's, it is a bizarre I will tell you, I will tell you, I'm not going to speculate. I'm not CNN. I thought you said we're supposed to speculate. I said, let's pretend we're CNN. (laughs) If you all want to pretend you're CNN and you pretend at home that you're a CNN watcher, we can do that. But, um, you know, it's just, and maybe it's because I've spent time with Tanya's family where there's uh, there's comes a point in a relationship 
at least for, with the family from the old country, where all of a sudden it switches languages, and now it's in <laughs> Italian, and it's very animated, and there's a lot of famanagats kind of stuff happening. You're like, I think that might be a swear word, but I'm not sure. It's either food or a swear word. You know that's probably what happens with Donald. All of a sudden, she, if a fuse is lit, oh, yeah. she's got to launch into a lot of whatever country she's I think from. she's hungry, right? Is she hungry? No. She doesn't uh, Slovenia? That's, yeah. <laughs> Slovenia? Yeah, you're actually Slovenia, yeah. 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 So she's, you know, she'll she'll, she'll slide right into Slovenia. Slovene. Yeah. Slovene. Slovene. Yeah. Sounds right. Slovene. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's the last you thing. Nailed you nailed that accent, by the Thank way. You. <laughs> Perfect Slovene. Slovene yeah. accent. That's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah. Well, you textbook. Yeah. Textbook. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it is interesting too. She was, you know, it, her story is amazing. She was born in the former Soviet Union. Like, I mean, her think about that. Father. The first lady of the United States was born in the Soviet Union. I can go one better. Her father. Was a communist leader. <laughs> he was a communist party leader. What, what I'm hearing is Manchurian candidate. <laughs> this is actually a really, really. Now we're doing Gorbachev's actually there. pulling the strings yeah. behind it. He's like, four more years, yeah. we come back. I, I mean, in, in contrast, I think it's an amazing story, right? Like, here's someone who, who I mean, th- we're talking about the ultimate victory of capitalism over communism, right? The Soviet Union's gone, and now the, the, the woman born inside of it not only doesn't have the, the country doesn't even exist, but now she's in another country and she's first lady of the United States. It's and a great she's story. she's telling the chief of staff of the White House, get rid of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is amazing. I, I, I have absolutely no idea yet what has gone on with this story. It's just, I just have it's, a bunch of question marks bouncing around in my brain. She, she also gets a lot of unnecessary flack. Like, I'm, I'm generally totally. of the opinion you really shouldn't go after first ladies anyway. They, no. I mean, they, they didn't run for office. They happen to be with their, their husband. But, you know, like she's what, like quadrilingual? Yeah. Or something. No, she's and, really uh, bright. Yeah, she's yeah. she's like a really smart model that, like, yeah. you know, the worst case scenario is she's a gold digger. But the best case scenario, and like, and that's not enough that you should like go after and be mean to her and stuff. The best case scenario is she married a rich guy and wound up becoming the first lady. Well, I think the only you know what yeah. he's, I mean, he advertises himself as somebody who wants gold diggers. I don't think she's like, oh, I'm gonna get one over. He's practically. Have sex with me. I'll pay you this much <laughs> if you stay with me this amount of years. Certainly in that day, he was definitely doing that stuff. He right? was. I mean, we remember we, we, there was a segment that actually our syndicator carried for many years. It was like a Donald Trump minute. Yeah. And it was called Trump or something like that. Yeah, it was, a, And yeah, he yeah. would come in and do a commentary every day about like the news of the day. What? It's crazy. Oh, yeah. And it's no crazy. one could dig up the archive of these things because, uh, you so know, this is this been, this have been we had up with three people shot and like, oh, yeah. Trump would do a minute of, on our network. Like, on we our had network. access to it. <laughs> we didn't save it. We used to make fun of it. Oh, we used to put him on the air all the time and just like make fun of like what he was talking about. And it was to the point of during the campaign, it was like people were really like BuzzFeed was trying to get them, and they got, came up with a couple of them. We had one that, that we were tremendous. that we had from an old show, and because we were making fun of it. And his commentary was, "I just got married to Melania. At some point, I won't be married to her anymore. I made sure I got a prenuptial agreement." That's basically wow. his entire point of the commentary. Way to kick yeah. off He's like, marriage. at some point, probably we won't be married anymore. Well, you know, but that's not a surprise. Yeah, it's, that's how he was. book, yeah. Yeah. he says, I was walking down the aisle with Melania thinking, what am I doing? I'm already <laughs> bored. Whoa! I can't yeah. wait for my future husband to think <laughs> that. Yeah. I, you know what? Awesome. I think he is. I think, in, I think not only in this case, I think he's become wildly protective of her. I think... No matter no matter what you can say about Donald Trump and his relationship, 
I, I can't imagine that any man uh, can stand by and see the mother of his children treated like the press have treated her and stand by and not be defensive. He, he could, you know, we could find out in a thousand years from now that he hated her guts the whole time, but he will defend her now, I think. This is, it's wrong what yeah. the press does yeah, to her. Before we move on, do you know, do you think that we're going to find out exactly what happened? Yes, I do. I do think we will. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, like, I, I don't know that it's anything salacious or anything. It's got to be, I, I, do, I, I think it could very well be related to this other story. Like, why on the same day? It's hard to believe yeah. that the story about Kelly and all of the people surrounding him and this happened on the same day. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's very odd. She's been very quiet. I, she hasn't spoken I up at all. she is so into this one niche of missile defense policy. Yeah. It's like the one thing that she's, like, just yeah. hardcore about. Right? How dare right. you, Undersecretary because of the her Handler. Because That's her right. handler because told Mikhail her, Gorbachev, when you get into that position, <laughs> yep. you get this one line changed in the mm-hmm. missile defense treaties. Uh, before we move on, I want to thank our sponsor, Ridiazone. So the holidays are coming up, and there's going to be Thanksgiving, mm. there's going to be Christmas, there's going to be New Year's Eve parties. Good thing there's not going to be a lot of cookies and food. Right. So I we're going to factor be in 20 ourselves. pounds, right? You factor in 20 pounds no, from here to the 20, end of the 20 year. Pounds? And then I'm another 10. Thousand. What? I'm at 1,000. <laughs> another 20 pounds, and I hit 1,000. I can feel my thighs now. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, good. It's new. It's unpleasant. That's, I don't I like know. it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. About two years. Mm. But, I mean, seriously, we like we all plan to gain a little bit of weight yes. over the holidays. No, we all no, overeat. We all don't. We gorge ourselves like the greedy Americans that we are. Good for us. <laughs> but I have a solution for you. Uh, Ridiazone. Mm. It helps boost your metabolism and it helps with the cravings. So you can be like me and be super boring and not gain any weight uh, over the holidays. Mm. Yes. And not feel like I'm constantly wanting pumpkin pie and all these other... Okay, Okay, I will still want it, but I won't eat it uh, because of Ridiazone. So you can go to riduzone.com and use promo code The Blaze. You can get 30% off a three-month supply. And we did the math for you. It's $1.79 a day. I don't. I thank you for this anthem right now. It's $1.79 a day. That's great. Invest in your health. It's very cheap. Uh, Stu. Yes. The, the government is finally taking care of our children. Finally. Yeah. Um, they, you know, they've been letting us down for too long. They've yeah. been allowing us to parent our own children. They've mm-hmm. been, and that's not how this is supposed to They've been to allowing work. us mm-hmm. for really too long. Yeah. Too long, too long. We shouldn't have any input in how our children are Amen, raised. Brother. And I'm glad we're going to finally turn this one around. This is an amazing story, actually. Um, a uh, daycare, and I put that in air quotes because it's not really a daycare, but it was this thing at a Lutheran church in D.C. where, uh, you know, a bunch of, it's been going on for 40 years, I think, a long time. And basically it was an informal get-together gathering of young kids uh, with their parents, and they would have time to socialize and, and, and kind of hang out together. And, and They just and, turned a blind eye to They turned this? a blind eye to this for 40 <laughs> oh years. Finally, they're stepping in, and they're making sure they take care of this. Um, it's an amazing uh, thing because this had become such a popular thing at this church, and people really got a lot out of it, and it was great, and everyone was happy. Um, and, you know, as they went through time, they said, well, how can we improve this? And they said, well, when you're dropping off uh, your kids, like, we'll get uh, maybe an emergency contact number so they wouldn't, you know, we'd be able to get in touch in case something happened. And, then, you know, and they made some rules. People, parents signed some forms that said, hey, if your kid's sick, you're not going to bring them here because we don't want to spread the, you know, sickness and everything. Um, and uh, that is apparently not allowed. Uh, you're not allowed to do that. Um, the issue is uh, it is an informal gathering if you don't ask for these forms, if you do ask for these forms, is a daycare that must be, must be licensed by the government. Mm. So the government is now threatening to shut them down 
uh, again, multiple decades. I never wanted Jesus to appear with lightning bolts <laughs> more than right now. Right now, right? You know what I mean? Uh, so if they were to be less safe, if they were able to say, well, we don't want your emergency contact number and we don't want you to tell us if your kids are sick when you bring them here, if that happened, then they'd be completely fine and they can continue. So oh this, this goes to the biggest problem that it, it, government makes people into criminals. Mm. It makes you into criminals because what then you do is like, oh, I can't ask that. Then you bring your child and you're like, so I'm not asking you if they're sick or anything, so I couldn't hear that. And you just start finding ways around the law to get it done. Government rules make people into criminals. It just does. Can, can I, I have a, a complaint about state bureaucracy mm-hmm. that kind of ties along with yeah, this. Yeah. That I ha- so I went and had lunch with my son. And, the, you know, they, they're the nutrition guidelines, right, for school lunches. He'd never bought hot lunch before. It was a big deal for him. I pack his lunch every day. And, you know, it's like yeah, kale sure. and other gross stuff. Oh, right. just won't eat. <laughs> but um, he was so excited about doing hot lunch, but he was really intimidated by the system. So I said, I'll, I will go to lunch with you one day. I'll help you. We'll, we'll do it together. So the, with the nutrition guidelines that they have, the kids can either choose from entree, chicken and rice, or... Sugared yogurt and a chocolate chip mini loaf. <laughs> Gee, which kid? one? What? Which kid what? is chewing the chicken, chicken and, and rice? rice? Right? So then I'm like, uh, he's super excited. He's like, oh, I want the yogurt. I'm like, ah, uh, okay, that's fine. But don't get fruit. And se- no, you can't have chocolate milk on top of that. It's terrible. <laughs> Every time bizarre. the government gets involved in anything like that, in any kind of guidelines, uh, it's awful. I, I covered a thing in my podcast yesterday. Shout out. Uh, something's <laughs> off with Andrew Heaton. Uh, and there was, there was a guy in uh, Potter, Nebraska, that got let go from his job as a cook because he'd smuggled in uh, kangaroo meat. Uh, and uh, and he like he got caught and he's like, look, kangaroo meat. It does meet all of the federal guidelines. It's actually leaner than what we serve. And I'm like, of course it's better than what you serve. I went to public schools as well. And like kangaroo. What I'm curious is how he got the kangaroo meat because he's yeah. in Potter, Nebraska. I don't know. Uh, I when I look at the story, hey, wait, is he smuggling in kangaroos? I see. I really thought about it. this. Is what I spent my time thinking about. Yeah, right. I, I read this like the funny. It's like ha 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 funny story. And I'm like, he's in Potter, Nebraska. He has to special order that stuff. You don't go to Walmart in Potter, Nebraska for kangaroo. I think he hit a kangaroo with his car. I think it is. Escape from the zoo. <laughs> he had a kangaroo with his car, and then he disposed of the evidence. So that's. Can my I tell theory. you something? I live. I in the summer we go up to our ranch, and I live in a small town, five hundred people. Uh, we were following this woman. She was going to work. Uh, she comes around the corner. We up in the mount. We're up in the mountain. She comes around a corner. Deer comes. She hits the deer. Um, the deer goes off into the side. Um, we get out of the car. We run to the window, and we're like, "Are you okay?" Her window is broken. Okay. And she is just kind of looking down. We think she's stunned. And she says, is there any blood on my dress? Uh, this is a brand new dress. If this dress has blood on it, we're like, no, are you okay? And she's like, fine. Have you seen the deer? Is the deer dead? And we're like, I, I, we just rushed to you. And she's like, well, do you have a gun? Shoot the deer if it's not dead. We're like, okay, I'm not sure if that's... She just gets out of her car. She grabs a pistol out of her... De- Boom! Shoots. And she said... Do you want it? If not, I'm going to call my husband, and he'll come by and pick it up. Uh, can she be governor of the state she's in? She she's sounds like a great new woman. <laughs> she was wow. great. She's like, now I've got to get my car fixed. I was going out to lunch today. Oh, it's not the way to start your day. <laughs> I love that. True feminist icon. People right. are different. There could be somebody raising kangaroos. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Back in a minute. 
feel like he took like a strong ideological stance of what on kangaroo meat. It's like I want people to eat this, and then the only way they'll do it is if I don't tell them, and then they'll like it afterwards. Yeah, you love it, right? Hey, it's Glenn, and if you like what you hear on the program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. His podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcast. Andrew. Rats and things? France. <laughs> France. France, you weirdo. Yeah, uh, we're going to talk about France. Uh, so there's, there's a little bit of a backstory to this. Um, we'll, I'm going to start with the tweet that, that President Trump uh, shot off today towards uh, French President Macron. There you go. Okay, there we are. Oh, there it is. Uh, Emmanuel Macron suggests building its own army to protect Europe against the U.S., China, and Russia. But it was Germany in World Wars One and Two. How did that work out for France? They were starting to learn German in Paris before the U.S. came along, pay for NATO or not. So uh, a friendly, neighborly tweet from the U.S. president to the French president. And they've been having kind of a spat back and forth. Uh, there's two things to unpack here. The, the first is that last week, President Macron said, uh, we need to build up a, a European military in order to protect ourselves from Russia, China, and the U.S., implying that we might be an actual foe of, of France. Uh, we might be. We'll, French piss me off. <laughs> if they had their own army, we'd consider it. I would, at least. Who's with me? <laughs> I, you know what? See, this is, this is where I'm going to come in here. And I'm, like, I'm not an interventionist. I don't want to invade any other countries. But uh, Europe has been great at sucking people into wars for the last 2,000 yes. years. And I want to keep Europe and America on the same civilizational footing, which I think is what's brilliant about NATO and what George H.W. Bush doesn't get sufficient credit for, is when uh, communism was collapsing, NATO that had been formed to keep uh, Europe and us against Russia, Russia's now absent that equation. And we went, well, let's go ahead and keep the civilizational block going. Uh, and so I'm quite worried that that's beginning to atrophy. I think a lot of it's hot air between both Macron and Trump. Yeah. Uh, but but I, I, I would not like the Europeans to form their own army that's contravened to our own. I'd like us to stay on the same page. So, uh, whatever. I, I'm so <laughs> sick of being over there and protecting them and pulling their sorry asses out of every problem uh, that they've ever had. I'm, so I'm sick of it. NATO has worked fairly well, but really it was the nuclear weapon that worked really well. Everybody was like, don't screw with them. They've got more of those than we do. And that kind of, you know, uh, solves an awful lot of uh, problems. Uh, the, the real issue is, you know, this block, this civil, civilization, this Western civilization block, it's gone. It's gone. Uh, if you look what is happening right now, we talked to a guy in, um, in the UK today about they are terrified, terrified of the Muslim uh, migrants that they brought in that are all, you know, extreme. I don't want to say all of the Muslims are, but, but the Islamists that they brought in. There's, there's enough a, of them that are extreme enough that they're of terrified them. of it. They're terrified. They're cutting the guy's head off in the street, what, two years ago. Just seeing a guy walking down the street, oh, you were a soldier for the military, chopped his head off in the street and nobody did anything. This is in the UK? In the UK. They have thousands of children that have been sexually abused and used in this sex ring. The parents have taken their children to the police station and say, tell them what you just told us. And the police will say, we can't do anything about it. They've lost it already. If they don't find it, if they don't find it within themselves to stand up for Western civilization, they're not going to be of any use to anybody. And I will tell you that every time somebody does try to step up, they're immediately painted as a fascist uh, and a Nazi. And yes, those do come from 
from Europe. There are a lot of those guys. But you've got to be able to separate the ones who are just saying, no, I just think this is a danger. We shouldn't have Sharia law on top of, of English law. We have one of the two. You want Sharia law? Go someplace else that has Sharia law. We have English law. Until somebody does that, and not because they're racist or anything else, Europe's gone. Yeah. Uh, before we move on, I want to thank our sponsor, iTarget Pro. I have been loving my iTarget Pro. I love iTarget Pro. The, the, the great way to um, get good at, um, at firing. I, I just don't have time to go to the, you know, to the gun range as much as I like. It's also expensive. It's really expensive. Because really you got the gun range fees and you've got the ammo. Yeah. So it's a double whammy. And when you know, in the summer when we go up to our ranch and my son and I, we, we, we go out to the ranch and we have target practice every day. We have competition every day. That's really expensive. He doesn't really appreciate that now, uh, but it's really expensive. And the way to do it now is with iTarget Pro. You can trigger control is, is where that's the money shot. If you can pull it without pulling the rest of the gun if your trigger control is smooth and the same every time you're you're going to be a good shot and i target pro lets you do that without spending the money on the ammunition and uh, you can do it in, you know do it in the living room comfort of your own living room you can go to itargetpro.com uh, you can get free shipping and 10% off right now with promo code news that is itargetpro.com uh, really quickly so monica lewinsky was back in the news you know, if there's anyone I could interview, she would probably be on my top 10 list. I'd like to interview Monica Lewinsky um, because um, she uh, confuses me at times. At other times, she inspires me. Uh, she, has, um, she has weathered the storm that I don't think anybody else on earth uh, has weathered that kind of a storm. Here she is, a nobody that, you know just decided to go in and accept a present from the president and got a little more on her dress. Um, and if the president would have said, okay, yes, look, yes, I did that. If he had the balls or the honor to say, yes, I did this, she would be a footnote in history and not everybody would know her name. But because he lied about it, her, her name and now the details of the dress and everything else, that all came out. It was unnecessary. Um, she perplexed me because she's always defended him. And I've always thought that was so bizarre because he didn't treat you well. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. Um, now she's changing and she perplexes me again because now she's claiming she was a victim when for the last 20 years she said, I'm not a victim, I was a willing participant. Um, but she hasn't, she hasn't changed that, right? I mean, she's still... She's leaning towards yeah. he victimized. Me. Right. Like she's, yes, yeah, she's, she's starting to, that. Move, yeah, she's starting to move in that direction. From a well, power that's a, that's dynamic. The trend yes. Now. Yes, I think that's true. It seems to be now, I mean, again, she was an adult. And, and everyone beat up on Hillary Clinton when she, made, she pointed that out. But it's like, I'm sorry, when you're a 21, she was between 21 and 23 in this mm -hmm. period, it's like, you know, you, you have agency at that point. You make your own decisions. And like, certainly he's much more at fault than she is, right? I mean, like, it's his, it's, it's his job to make sure he doesn't screw that up. But she made, she made a decision. She wanted to be involved in this. She even says in the interview that, uh, that came out in, what was it, Vanity Fair, was mm -hmm. it? Um, that she um, knew, you know, she obviously knew this went on, and he was denying it. 
And she still didn't say anything because she didn't want to be responsible for his political downfall. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, she was protecting him through that. And like, oh, I know he has to say that that wasn't happening through that period. Um, you know, because she was basically in love with the guy, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, so and that's not, that's, that's a different story. I mean, sure, there's a power dynamic thing, but that's mostly, you know, that's certainly his fault. So there, there, um, but it's a, it's a, it's, we, we got to take a break. Okay. okay we'll be back. Quite victimization, though. No, it's not. It's like, it's not. But there's an old fashioned affair. aspects of this Glenn Beck is coming live to talk about the right path forward and to make fun of the people standing in the way. He might not be able to save the country, but at least we can all go down laughing. Glenn Beck Live, the Addicted to Outrage Tour, on tour this fall. We're going to continue that uh, Monica Lewinsky conversation, but have you bought your raffle ticket yet for the M1 raffle to win a Mercedes. Yeah, it happens this Saturday. You don't have to be present to win. This helps us keep the lights on and pays for everybody's salary and the airplane tickets when we have to go to a hurricane or something. When we raise money, we want every single dollar to go right to the person in need. So once a year we do this, just go to mercuryone.org slash m1ball. Very few tickets. I think we're only selling maybe a thousand more or something like that. Um, and you can get your tickets. Hundred bucks goes to a good cause. Help us out. Hundred bucks, you could win a Mercedes. It's right. worth it. We'll see you in overtime. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze Premium subscribers. Become a premium subscriber at theblaze.com/slash-subscribe. Uh, two points you wanted to make on Monica Lewinsky. So, um, the first point is um, that it's interesting to me that this is coming out right now. I mean, this happened in 1996, eight. So, uh, so what you're saying is you want to know how much the DNC paid her to come out? No, I don't think anybody paid, but all of a sudden people <laughs> are interested in letting bad things about the Clintons come out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, well, well they're it, done with them. What, right. I, I, I forgive me. I have not had a chance to read this interview yet. What's the specific pivot point that's different? Like her wording is just more more victim oriented no, now, or yeah. So, well, so the title a, of the article was something like uh, you know who chooses who gets to be a victim or something like that. It was something. It was something along those lines. So she she's not she's not presenting herself as a victim. Yeah. But she's she's not defending it in this article, and she's done a series, a television series. Okay, it's so a this weekend, I think. Yeah. is it this weekend or next weekend? Uh, the seventeenth. Next is that next weekend or is this? I don't know. That's this weekend. This weekend. So um, it's it's fascinating because she's talking about things that she's never talked about. Why? <laughs> Excuse me. Why all of a sudden now? Um, she's saying things like, I wish he would have apologized to me, not for me, but shows that he would have had a soul. You know, he, he's never really apologized. You don't know what it's like to watch somebody not care about being asked a question that has really affected you. Those are things I've not heard her say before. And I, I, I wonder if the Clintons are back on limits you know, they were off limits for 30 years. Well, that was one of her complaints was, you don't know how frustrating it was to watch decades of interviews with Bill Clinton when no one would ask him the questions that he didn't want to answer. And that was her, her, her complaint about it. I, I mean, I think he's beyond that pale now, I think. I mean, like, yeah. like Juanita Broderick is now a mainstream right. topic yeah. for the years. Is, I mean, I, I, thought, I, thought, I thought Juanita Broderick was like an, an emailed forwarded conspiracy theory the first time I read it. Mm. And then went back and read it here that during the election cycle and went, 
oh, wow, that's all the credibility that we normally yeah, look no, for. She's, she was the most credible. She, when she was on 60 Minutes back in the 90s, she, he, she was absolutely believable. And her story hasn't changed one bit. Yeah, the crazy thing about that, too, was going back and reading the evidence in that case after we went through the Kavanaugh thing, yeah. which they're trying to find one person who can remember just the party, not the event, just the party, if it occurred, where it occurred, any of the details. We couldn't get any of that stuff, and people still believed her. Juanita Broderick had multiple people she told right away. She, she, she was describing what was outside the window. It was outside the window. She gave the dates of the, of the conference she was at. That, that was confirmed. That, that Bill Clinton was also in town was confirmed. He was, was confirmed. also just attorney general at the time. He wasn't president. He wasn't right. governor. So it's, yeah. the, her, her account of it's before he would have had the level of power that might, yep. you, you might like. Not a lot of people are trying to gun down the attorney general's career. Right? Yeah, He's right, state right. attorney general for Arkansas at the time. Yeah, yeah and there's a story that, uh, that came out today about how Clinton... Um, because uh, it was a story about uh, Gary Hart and how that changed journalism. Um, and, you know, the, the argument is for the worse, right? He's talking about people's private lives and everything. Um, but one of the people in, featured in the story was talking about how af- they talked to Bill Clinton, and one of Clinton's first questions was, what is the statute of limitations on issues like this? And like, I thought that was a very strange question uh, coming from Bill Clinton out of nowhere. Uh, I mean, you know, the guy did all these things, uh, you know, we, you know, some of them were affairs. We know he did. Um, and some of them, of course, he denies. But I mean, when we had the standards that they were trying to set for Brett Kavanaugh, which I do not think was an appropriate standard, I, I think uh, all of these were, were rolled over in the Clinton years. Yeah, I think the, I think that Juanita Broderick could win in a court of law today. I think she could win in a court of law. It was it's a remarkable, uh, remarkable story. And, you know, they didn't care. Now, all of a sudden, they care about her. Uh, now they suddenly care about um, uh, Monica Lewinsky, and I think it's because the Clinton reign is over. No longer uh, useful. It's oh, like yes. it's like Chappaquiddick. The movie Chappaquiddick came out. He dies, they make the movie Chappaquiddick. Um, they were protected for a very long time. Now that they are no longer useful, and I think even now that she's even thinking, oh, really? I might come back. I, I think you're going to see more of this. I think they're going to put the nails in the coffin. Yeah. Mm, get your popcorn. Uh, you guys have been talking about all of these news stories, and that's great. But I'm wondering, why are we not talking about the polar bear numbers? Oh, my gosh. This uh, amazing this is a, story. Yeah. Uh, global warming, as you uh, all know, is going to kill all the polar bears. It's a really, it's, and everyone, really. Everyone. Really pretty much everyone. And, and they are um, the poster, you know, the mascot, right, of, of global warming. Um, which is kind of a strange thing. I mean, you know, polar bears are not like nice creatures. Um, there's They're one so right over cute, there. We though. found this one in the Coca-Cola commercials. Yeah, they are. They're very nice. They're giving you so, soda. So when this um, all started happening, my kids, my my, you know, youngest kids now, 15 and 13, they were they were um, at the point where I would kiss them goodnight, and every night I'd give them bear hugs, and then uh, I'd say, uh, "Who eats baby seals?" And they would say, <laughs> polar bears. This, this is how you would protect yes. your children? Yes. Oh and I'd say, who eats baby seals? And they go, polar bears. And i and you know, I'd tickle them. And I did that because as a, so I started it as a joke, and then they just kept going. But I started it as a joke to my wife as, I am not going to let these children buy into that polar bears drink <laughs> Coke and are suddenly endangered. They're killers. Yeah. Okay? That's how far we've come. 
they weren't they weren't going extinct. In fact, we, we reported what was it last year? Yeah, it was a, yeah it was a couple of years now, but uh, they, their numbers had gone up uh, in in three decades uh, up five times as much. So there's five thousand polar bears, then there's twenty five thousand polar bears between nineteen you know mid seventies to late two thousands. Um, they're growing massively in numbers, and, and you know the idea that they're going to go extinct is just. There's Ridiculous. just not evidence uh, that supports that per se. I mean, there's, there's theories that in the future maybe something could happen to them. Well, but what's I always oh sorry go ahead. Oh I, well, see, I, I don't know all of the background on polar bears, mm-hmm. but is it that I mean, uh, if climate change is happening, global warming is happening, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, and say like parts of Greenland are deglaciating, would it okay, not right. would it so, not potentially yes, benefit okay. them? Okay. Uh, no, they, well, they live on the ice and they eat baby seals. Okay, but like, they, I'm, I'm just, you know, there could be, there yeah. could be a situation where being sure, slightly warmer could, would be beneficial for them. I don't know. I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's maybe. possible. I don't know. Um, I, what's, I think what's shown. I mean, it, it has slightly warmed, and it has been better for them, right? I mean, I think they, they've, they've been alive. They're thriving. Um, you know, what's interesting is, though, of course, all the people down here in the United States, all the celebrities and everything, get together and say, "Oh, we can't lose our polar bears. Look at how sad they look on this video." Um, and we never bother to ask what the people who live around the polar bears think of this situation, which is they don't want Run a lot for of polar your bears. life. Uh, so the Alaskan <laughs> tribes that live up there are like, there's a new draft statement and, and, a, and a policy statement that they're trying to get through, and it's making news because it's pissing off the global warming, uh, the people who are kind of making these arguments. Here's some quotes from it. Uh, They believe that there are now so many bears that public safety has become a major concern. Uh, They go on to say public safety concerns combined with the effects of polar bears on other species suggest that in many communities, the polar bear may have exceeded the coexistence threshold. Does that mean we're we're conceding Nunavut the polar bears? (laughs) We are. We are. Uh, And this one I thought was really amazing because this has got to be really frustrating if you are in these regions and trying to deal with this. It's very frustrating uh, for them to watch. Uh, we do have we do not have resources to touch bases with movie actors, singers, and songwriters who often narrate and provide these messages. So, so, so they the, got to deal with these things with the giant claws and teeth. So the Inuit <laughs> uh, the Inuit tribe is I'm familiar because I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, and so I mean I think I even worked for the Inuits at one point. Uh, they own part of a radio station, I think, um, and. Uh, they're just this this simple tribe that you know they're I don't know technically if they're Eskimos I hate to say that now because I'm sure I'm offending somebody mm-hmm. but they're a simple tribe that lives pretty much the old way way up in in Alaska they are the, on the front lines of the polar bears and uh, they don't like polar bears I I, I just talked to. Uh, Dennis Quaid. Remember we had him on the air? Yes. And we're on the air and he said, hang on, I need to go outside. I need to grab my gun. Why? Because he was up towards the North Pole shooting Fortitude mm-hmm. and he was on location up by the North Pole. He said, you cannot leave, you, you cannot leave the, your, your house or dwelling without a gun because the bears are so plentiful and they will eat you. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's really a stunning story because it's the exact opposite Opposite. of what you're told all the time. But you notice that they say that it's, you know, now past the threshold of coexistence. That's what the global warming people want. They don't want people living up there. Did you guys read the the World Wildlife Federation put out a very hyperbolic um, 
report on Do everything. They have going, other types of reports. They, they have. <laughs> okay. and the thing is, all three are like, I, I, I'm an environmentalist. I like the environment, and and by that I mean I want to protect the environment, mm -hmm. and I'm and I want to do it in the best way possible. Sure. And I donate money to the sure. Jane Goodall Foundation and things like that. Um, you are such a hippie. I, yeah, uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, I, uh, but I, but I was reading this World Wildlife Fund, and I'm I'm sympathetic. I mean, I, I do think climate change happening. I do think we're we're uh, adding to it. So like, I'll put myself in that camp. However, I, I want to deal with it smartly. Mm -hmm. uh, and and I'm I was reading through the report, and I kind of expected myself to be on Team World Wildlife Federation. But there were there were a lot of hyperbolic statements. There weren't a lot of um, rooted methodology in it. Yeah. yeah. Where, you know, like, and so I, I kind of came in expecting to be an, an ally on it. And then by the end of it, I was like, you know, I, it was just sort of like we're all going to die. We have to do something right now and not right. specifics. So, so we, you know, I've been called a global, uh, global warming denier forever. The only book, I think I've only written one on global warming and inconvenient truth. Inconvenient There's a whole book. chapter on it, inconvenient book. And I said then, I believe I can read a thermometer <laughs> and it is showing the temperature going up. So if we're basing it on that, now there's lots of reasons why that could be different, you know, and could be flawed, but let's just give it the benefit of the doubt. I'm willing to do that. I'm even willing to say it makes sense that, yeah, the stuff we do to the earth could hurt it. I'm willing to go there. Where I'm not willing to go is, hey, for $50 trillion, <laughs> we can do something and uh, it'll work. No, none of that science is settled. All of that science sounds, you know, 1972 when they thought it was global cooling. I remember we're all going to freeze to death. Mm -hmm. we're, grow we're, we're growing up in an ice age. The new ice age is here. That's when I was a kid. Now we're all going to burn to death. So there, there tend to be a lot of doomsday prophets. And, and like, and I'm I'm happy as a free market guy. I'm happy to sit down at the table and provide solutions that I think would be helpful. But there's a very big difference between doing that versus just you know we're all we're all going to die yeah. immediately. Throw stuff. So the scientists, I don't know if you know this, in 1972, the scientists came up with something, and it was in Time magazine, and they said we have to do this, and we have to do it right now, or we will all freeze to death. You know what they wanted to do? Stu does. Yeah, well, this one. Just like burn coal to try and uh, they wanted the to take. Some they work. wanted to take coal, uh, coal soot, soot, mm -hmm. and fly it up to the poles and dump it on the poles, which would attract all the heat to melt the polar ice caps. Wow. Good thing we didn't do that. Yeah. Good thing. I think we should probably. Well, I think the Earth is yeah. a living organism. It will kill us. <laughs> If we are slowly destroying it, it'll cover us in lava. Adaptation is underrated, <laughs> I find, in these scenarios. You know, it's like, a, that, that's always, I mean, because you can look at these things. I was, I was almost fascinated by the idea that the worst environmental problem, the problem that was insurmountable that we all had to act now about in 1900, was there was so much horse crap in the yeah. streets of New York that they didn't know, they thought, they had no idea how to overcome this. And it's like, well, 100 years later, like, it's such a bizarre idea that anyone would think you, that, that was that you, problem. You had an, it's a great story. There was an economist in 1900 that predicted that New York could never have more than a million people mm -hmm. because he was projecting at the time, it was, if, you, if you factor in transportation and you factor in logistics, it was eight horses per person. Yeah. And there was just no conceivable way you could have more than eight million horses there without having literal horse dung troughs and people on stilts and things. Yeah. And this is what we tend to do is we, we tend to be, we can, we're very good at looking at the problems we have today mm -hmm. and projecting those yeah. using the yeah. data we have but we yes. can't see past that next hill to the solutions and there's and really cool stuff around the corner and here we live in a time where the solutions are miraculous just above yeah. you know ray kurzweil told me he said glenn 
You're buying, you're buying solar panels? Oh, well, yeah, I want solar panels, blah, blah, blah. Because yeah, my home is green. In Idaho, right? In this Idaho. Is, yeah. My home in, in Idaho is completely green. It, I will put that against anything Al Gore ever has. I believe it's one of the greenest houses in America. So, so when you do environmental stuff, you're actually doing stuff as opposed I'm to doing stuff. Captain yeah. Planet on Facebook? So, <laughs> yeah. so Ray Kurzweil said, don't buy solar panels. Why? Give it some time. Because solar panels, we are going we're going to miniaturize stuff so much that they'll be the size of a postage stamp, and you'll be able to pull. You'll be able to have your whole house powered with you know something that's one square foot in time. We're just on the threshold. Calm down and see Calm that. Down. That's that's the other thing when we get into the hyperbolic stuff about environmentalism, where uh, a lot of the like global warming predictions are predicated on the idea that the second and third world are going to industrialize. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you look at the graphs, they're like, look, we're going to have this increased carbon footprint because China and Ghana and all these places are stepping up. And I'm like, that's great because great. there are all these people in Ghana right now that are literally burning dung that are Steve Jobs level brilliant, and those are going to be the people that come up with these awesome, so like a snail that poops petroleum or something. Something. It saves mankind. And so that's awesome that they're coming out of poverty, and we need to make sure that lift out of poverty keeps happening. If you're, if you're incentivized to make arguments that keep the third world as the yeah. third world, you're not doing it right. You're not doing it right. Yeah. Uh, yesterday's poll, does Hillary run for president again in 2020? 42% of you said definitely. 36% said no way. 22% said too soon to tell. I agree. It's too soon. It's definitely too soon to tell. I, I think she's, I think she's thinking about it. Do it. I, th- no, I, I think she wants to. I bet you she wants to. She wants she's to. she's having tea her. and she's like, do you think I can run for president? Yeah. And just she, like and she may just be doing it. I don't think she is, but she may be just doing it just to screw with people. Yeah. Just go, this <laughs> thing drive them nuts. The, oh, the one thing I would like to see a poll on is, Stu and I agree on this. We can't find anybody that does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We think Michelle Obama is preparing for a run. I think there's a chance. Ooh. I think there's a chance. Because, I mean, she is one of the best, most liked public figures polling-wise. It's a great, you know, if you're a Democrat, right, it's a great, you know, statement to make, right? Like, the Trump thing happened. We remember the Obama thing. We love that. The Trump thing happened. We need to go back to that, you know, vibe. But we need a woman. We need someone who is, I think, more liberal than Barack is. Um, who is going to more more likely to embrace a Medicare for all sort of situation? She's got every. She's almost impossible. You say one word about her, and your job's in trouble. She's impossible to criticize. Now, when she starts running, I think that would change at some level. But she's not Hillary. Hillary was easy to criticize. Michelle Obama would not and be. Michelle Obama is not like Hillary. Michelle Obama could go to the Iowa State Fair and eat a corn dog and <laughs> pretend that she liked it, and you'd believe and you'd it. She's not going to use a much fork. Yeah, yeah, she'd yeah, yeah. be like, oh. oh. Did they wash this before they handed it to me? <laughs> I think there's a chance. It's still, I say, relatively low, but I, I it's not zero. I think it's a, it's I a think non-zero a chance. chance. Uh, okay, so we're actually going to create that poll, oh, okay. like right oh, now. Nice. Oh, I like that. Yes. Okay. So, do you think there's a chance that uh, Michelle Obama is gearing up for a run in 2020? Let us know at the Blaze's Twitter. That is at the Blaze, and we will see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. Just released the new book, by the way. Remember? I think if yeah. you if you are the spouse, child, or grandchild of the president, you, you should be, not be able to run. You should be given a dukedom. You get the title okay. of duke. Like what you're hearing? Become a Blaze Premium subscriber and watch the show anytime, anywhere, live or on demand. Go to theblaze.com slash subscribe and start watching today.